0: Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time, and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode.
1: Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 80 of the Arcade Repair Tips live show for October 2023. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today in person right here in this very chair is Mr. Arcade Repair (laughs) Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, the last couple of months, look, it's been fine with the remote, but I'm glad to have you here with me
2: today.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be back in the world headquarters studio here. so thank you for joining us. was a little bit late today. I was traveling in from uh, southern Texas, uh, but I made it, and here we are, so I'm great to well, excited to be here.
0: Yes, absolutely. And and here's the thing: is Tim's literally going out of town. Like what
1: Sunday? Sunday. Today's Friday. I'll be leaving Sunday and headed to Beverly Hills, California. Yeah. So normally two one zero. Right. <laughs> so
0: normally we would postpone the show just a week, right? Right. Just like, to, but if I did that, he wasn't going to be here. So we decided to just do it the Friday after the Thursday. And here we are, guys, with a <laughs> Friday episode. Now this is a little different, obviously, Tim, but hopefully. At least I can say now, I hope you have a great weekend because yeah. you should be almost into it if you're not already. So, uh, But we're excited that you guys are here tonight. We're excited to be answering some of your questions as well. We've got a lot of stuff to cover here like we always do. News was a little light this month, Tim, so we've added a little bit of content, a little padding in order to help with that, including a Tim's Tech Tip, which we'll get into here in a little bit. And I will also talk about a place, Tim. I didn't think I was going to get to get visit, but I actually did. And so we'll talk about that as well as we get into the show. Uh, but otherwise, Tim, how are things going for you? Obviously, well, travel has been a big thing.
1: It has been a big thing. I've been, to, gosh, in the last couple of weeks, I was just came back from New Jersey, was home a week. I came back from West Texas. I was actually gone for 10 days, which is a longer time period than normal. I actually had to wash clothes at the hotel. Which is strange, you know, I didn't even have enough clothes for uh, that long of a trip. But I had a good trip and got to see some um, cool things, but then it just rained like crazy. And we would love to have some of that rain down here in Texas. But they definitely had their share up in New Jersey. Um, Headed to Beverly Hills next week. After that, believe it or not, um, I may not be doing much traveling because I have an even bigger trip. Coming up in December, it looks like we may get to go back to Germany, so um going to slow everything down, try to get everything caught up so here, so I might can go to Germany at uh, the beginning of December, so never stops. so always uh, something going on busy, but you know, I enjoy it while I can, and so one day I won't be able to climb in and out of an airplane and head all over the place, so I'm doing it while I can.
0: There you go, and you should be racking up the miles considering all the places you've been going. So.
1: Miles, hotels. I, I'm man. That's, I get treated like royalty now. They're <laughs> like gold members. Uh, rental cars. I, I probably uh, could hook somebody up if you ever need anything. So let me know.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, we do want to remind you guys that you can interact with us during the show by using the live chat. And Tim, we already have some people over here. We have Encore MPW is here. The are Show is here. He says. Hey, it's Friday. I was wondering what happened to the Thursday show. The Uh Thursday show is the Friday show, so you're in the right place now. Glad you found it. We tried to put that on on social media. I know that um, it's kind of hard to, you know, especially when people are so used to doing First Thursday and everything. So I apologize for that. That was my fault on the reschedule. So um, it just, you know, conflicts happen, guys. So we're glad that you're here tonight with us. Um, Peter's here. Uh, We got The Real Hammer. Billy Lee is here. Tim, YouTube Punk is here. Uh, Mr. Dwayne 79 is here. It just looks like we've got a whole bunch of people here and we're so glad that you guys are here. And be sure that if you have any questions or comments that you leave them in the live chat and we will try to interact with those as we go through the show. So, I think Tim we're we're pretty ca- caught up with everything at this okay. point and so maybe we should just go ahead and move on to our questions. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, let's go. You good with that? Okay, let's do it. Our first question tonight is from Michael. And so let's go ahead and bring up Michael's question here. He says, Hello, I have a Tato Coin Op Classics arcade, Game Room Classics, with games like Bubble Bobble, Galaxy, etc. How can I change the difficulty setting? The previous owner seemed to have had it set on very difficult. Now, Tim, this Taito Game Room Classics, I believe, is a home-use arcade, so okay. uh, made by a company called Hanahoe, if I remember correctly. Okay. And so this was not one that was like a, a standard a standard <laughs> arcade. With that said, I do believe it used a kind of multi-game jamma board in it, which okay. was uh, a little bit different, but I don't know how much modification you could do to that board. Tim, typically, when we want to change the difficulty, what would be the process for doing that on an arcade
1: game? Well, no. If it's a really older game, uh, like some of the games that he mentioned, if they were to have been their their first runs, a lot of times that would be more of a hard dip switch that you would have to turn the game off and turn turn some to on, some to off, whatever the manual told you. But in newer games, now it's more of a soft dip switch where you would go into the settings and change some of those difficulties and stuff. So we're assuming that if he has a multi-game board in it, Probably a newer style game and probably one that you would do it soft wise, right? Uh, or, or in the change up of the software, but I know what it's like. Um, you ever we bought a game at auction before, like, man, this is really hard, yeah. And then I'll go in and I'm like, well, no wonder. Um, uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, we always like to set ours kind of on at least the whatever the standard setting or easier, yes. We very, I don't know why anybody would want them to be on hard. Unless it was just trying to take more of your quarters back in the day. i say operators that right. want to actually so, make more money, right? So I think that we caught that back in the day and would complain, this game is too hard. You guys got the settings too hard. And a lot of times they would change them down for us. Or we would say, if you're going to make it this hard, at least add two extra men or something. But uh, most of that stuff can be found in your, if you ha- can find the manual, at least online, a lot of times it will tell you how to adjust those settings. But they're, Pretty aggravating when it's really hard and you you can't get. Uh, but, but who knows? Maybe he's really good at it, and now because he has to play it on hard all the time.
0: Now, another thing to remember is that old arcade games are hard, right? Well, some of them, I mean, them are, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. some are just hard. Um, but that I should also say, Tim, that is where the title for tonight's episode, like, changing the difficulty is difficult, right there. Yeah, it is. That's where yeah. that comes from, guys, is this is tonight's question from Michael here. Now, Tim, this was a home arcade. That's the one thing that we need to remember. A lot of times, home arcades do not allow you to change the difficulty very easy, okay? Or these multi-game home arcade boards. Now, I did a little research on this one. There is a committee that has modded this board, Tim and has been able to add some games here and there and so if we're going to change the difficulty on this i don't know if there's going to be a dip switch on it or a service switch to let you get into any menus but you may be able to do it through the mod that some people have been able to apply to the board uh tim kind of like the game elf boards this does use an sd card and so you may be able to pull the sd card out make some modifications to it and then pop it back in the board and see if it makes a difference in the difficulty so tim with all that said let me go ahead and put up uh, our response to michael here on our outline uh, the only Tato Game Room Classics arcade game that we are familiar with is the Hanahoe home-used cabinets that were made in the early 2000s. And I say early 2000s. I think about 1999 to, like, 2011, okay, mm-hmm. it's like, the time it was made. Hanahoe made a stand-up and a bar-top version of the game. The documentation we found on the game states that it did run off a JAMA multi-game board, okay? Not a standard one, but just a regular one. So while we didn't find any information about there being a service test menu, okay, which there may be, we just might not have found the information on it. So like Tim mentioned, if you want to try that, you can, we didn't find any information on it. Doesn't mean you can't access it. Right, Tim. Right. We did find some information from people who had made modifications to the board and added some games. And so Tim I actually have a link here uh, to the KLOV forums to where um People are talking about this mod that you can do on it. Uh-huh. And so if anybody would know if you could change the difficulty on it, I would think those people would just because they obviously have experience with the board if they're able to modify it, right? All right. And so the mod that they're talking about here, Tim, though, is all they do is they take another SD card and they format it and then put this image on that SD card, take the one out that's in there now, and pop a new one in. Okay. okay? But you may be able to change the difficulty settings uh, on the SD card itself just by, uh-huh. you know, modifying a file or something to that extent. To that measure so you just modify a file you may be able to get it but as far as we know it does not have a service or test menu we could be wrong though and um, the way that you test that tim is if he wanted to hook up a cherry switch to the service test button on the mm-hmm. jama harness and then to of course a ground as well he may be able to get into a service test menu if it has one correctly. Right. correct okay so uh tim i think that's everything from michael here do you have any other suggestions for him before we move on
1: no, as long as you turn the power off, uh, you know, we've had a game before that was really rare and we couldn't figure it out. And all we did was just turn the power off. We literally were like, okay, let's try one up, two down. See what th- difference that makes. And we literally kind of had to make up our own before if it didn't make any change or that made it easier or that made it two coins. So you generally the first couple of dip switches... Are, are usually have to do with the coins. Right. So usually at least the first two to four. Those middle and uh, seems like the last dip switches are usually the ones that deal with the difficulty or savings uh, and things like that. So maybe that helps. I don't know. Um, maybe there's somebody else that has this game that's listening to this now that can reach out also that may be able to help him
0: sounds good yeah unfortunately we couldn't find enough information to really give you a straight answer which i wish we could have but i would contact the guys who have done the mod tim just to see if they know a way to do that but again like we mentioned old games are hard tim puzzle bobble yeah. games uh-huh. like that are hard so it may just be harder than you remember as well hard. it may be on a default difficulty and you're just having problems with it okay yeah but at the same time like this police trainer behind me tim the guy i bought this one from he actually said that they had cranked up the difficulty on this because it got too easy so he oh. yeah, had this one in just his um, like in his shop and so like you know, mm-hmm. it, they just kept beating it so he's like well, I'm just gonna crank the difficulty up. Yep. So you know I mean when oh. you have unlimited coins sometimes it makes things a whole lot easier on
1: you. A so, lot easier. <laughs> there you go.
0: So Michael hopefully it answers your question and good luck figuring out how to modify the difficulty on your Tato Game Room Classics home arcade game. Okay, Tim. Well, the uh, live chat looks pretty quiet over here. You know, and I know we're on an off night. And we're going right, to mm-hmm. on a Friday. I mean, you know, you could yeah. be out actually like going out with friends or, you know, um, you Friday know, night football. Exactly, mm-hmm. drinking craft beer or whatever, right. <laughs> whatever it is is your, is your go to. Um, but yeah, Friday night football here in Texas, Tim. In fact, the rest of my family is at a football game right now. Right, and I would mm-hmm. be with them if it wasn't for the live show. Sure. So. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, Friday Night Football here in Texas, Tim, that's a deal. Pretty big. I mean, I know you guys have probably seen Friday Night Lights. That's a real thing. Yeah, Especially it <laughs> in East Texas where we live, right, Tim? Right. Literally, like, the the small town that I went to school in, Tim, that Patrick Mahomes also did, literally everybody's at the game Friday night.
1: For like sure. they closed
0: down all the businesses like nobody nobody does anything except for go to the game on friday yeah. so,
1: so i wonder how game. many people know that trivia fact that jonathan actually went to the same high school that patrick mahomes went not to. the same year but <laughs> <laughs> he's a lot younger right than I, I think uh, he was in kindergarten then, yeah, already, uh, but, yeah who knows but uh,
0: yeah so yeah i mean where he went to football is a big deal which is why patrick mahomes is a big deal right. obviously so but uh yeah so that's a real thing so you know hopefully you know if you're you might be watching this on Saturday you may have gone to the football game last night if you did well we're glad you're watching it after the fact we're right. also glad for those of you who are here actually with us tonight so I uh, just remember though if you are here you can interact with us in the live chat if you wish so for sure Tim let us go ahead and continue on with our outline here our next question is from Brandon Tim okay and Brandon says hi I am having an issue with my big buck world arcade game where the guns won't shoot slash register on the bottom few inches of the screen they also don't show any tracking. There is a calibration menu, and I've replaced one of the guns with a brand new one, and the issue persists. I've also tried adjusting the monitor slash uh, brightness slash contrast, cleaning the screen, etc. Nothing has helped. I did read your article on troubleshooting light gun issues, which was helpful, but I still haven't been able to resolve this. Any ideas? Uh, could it be a capacity issue on the monitor chassis causing this? Uh, is it's a Neotec um, 550DX monitor? appreciate Mm -hmm. any suggestions you have thank you best Brandon so Tim we have Brandon here and he's having an issue with his big buck world light gun so it sounds Mm -hmm. like it registers all over the screen except for the bottom three inches Okay, so there's just a little little section on the very bottom where we're having this like bottom three inches where the gun just I can't shoot anything kind of below this line and we've seen this before this is common okay we've seen like areas of the monitor where we don't have uh where we're not registering light gun uh, shots and things like that so Tim Obviously, he already went to our article on troubleshooting light Mm -hmm. gun issues, which would be the first place we would tell you to go. And he did try some of the troubleshooting that we talked about, turning up the brightness, um, uh, trying to uh, clean the screen, things like that. But it sounds like he's going to need a little bit more help. So what can we tell Brandon in order to get that bottom three inches working on his big buck world?
1: Well, we've had the same issue kind of when I worked for Chuck E. Cheese with some light gun games. And uh, it's pretty frustrating. And there's sometimes it's a really simple fix. One, one thing I want to highly recommend is just going in and calibrating his gun through the test menu sure. and telling it this is the bottom. And I think if he does that, that lets it know what are my limits. Right. And so sometimes you have to go into the settings and calibrate your gun and let it know, okay, this is far left, this is far right, and it'll tell you. Shoot at the screen, shoot here, do that. Sometimes that really does help. Outside of that, it sounds like he's done everything that we normally would recommend. And uh but he might be right. If you're down to you've got those brightness and stuff turned up, then you might need to uh, uh to rebuild or he he talks about a certain capacitor. I think if I was going to do that capacitor, I would just rebuild my monitor. Sometimes having it's not bright enough and not working enough I would really go into the test menu though and do the calibration first. But then, I, if that's the case and it's working or the best it can, then I would go ahead and probably try to rebuild the monitor. Uh, you also would, could go into the monitor test settings and make sure that it's aligned right and it's converged right. All those things are going to help. Um, but I would definitely want to make sure that my guns are properly calibrated before I do anything else. And a lot of people don't know that you can do that.
0: Right, so I'm gonna second what Tim said about the calibration. Um, but I also wanted to bring up some stuff, Tim, we don't talk about in that article. Because I'm kind of assuming here, Brandon, that you already saw the article, right? Right. And so we do talk a little bit about gun calibration in the article. So we're gonna, I'm not gonna assume you necessarily did that yet, um, but I would highly recommend that first. But let's talk about, Tim, some things that we may not have mentioned in that article real quick. And that's what I've got on the outline here. From your message it sounds like you've already done some great troubleshooting on this issue let's first address your question now it's possible like tim said cap kit could help yeah okay but i don't know if it's the main problem especially if your brightness looks good if your brightness looks good you may be okay okay but cap kit can't hurt okay let's say that so if it's been a while since you've had a cap kit might be time to do one. Now, let's start off by making sure the convergence in the area of the monitor is aligned. Now, Tim, um, we're familiar with the convergence grid, right? Right. It's just a grid of white lines. So sometimes on a monitor, if the convergence is not proper, you will get a separation of the red, green, and blue. And so what could be happening here with Brandon's monitor is that he's got white lines all the the way down his monitor until he gets to that bottom three inches. And then he starts to see a little bit of separation between his red green and blue right correct okay so if that's the case that could cause a problem and so in that case you will need to realign your monitor now you could do that obviously we talked about purity slash convergence ranks tim we also Mm -hmm. talked about we have also talked about yoke realignment in the past correct how to get this thing converged and so you may need to mess with your convergence on your monitor too tim i don't like we've talked about convergence before it's not a big thing we like to do because if you mess it up too much you can have a real problem but we do have a great video on on adjusting the convergence rings tim Uh that you should and purity rings whatever you want to call them that you should check out um and that may help you get that bottom three inches converged properly so that the alignment shows good and you're getting white a white grid at the bottom that's very important because if that's misconverged you could have issues
1: yeah and your gun won't see that like it doesn't know where it is
0: exactly so that could be part of it now, the screen, there's a screen adjustment menu in the diagnostic section of the test menu. Okay, I looked this up. It's there. It mm-hmm. should give you access to the crosshatch pattern to see if there are any alignment issues. So it'll give you that nice white grid, and then you should be able to see right off the bat if there's any alignment issues that, that <coughs> come up. Now, you also might try just turning up the color blue on your monitor adjustments. Tim, we talked about this in the past. A lot of optical guns will key off the color blue. So instead of turning up the entire brightness on your monitor, you may just try to turn up the blue drive just a bit, okay, and see if it makes a difference. Many optical guns, like we said, use this color to key off of for positional data.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: and so you may just try turning up the blue just a hair and maybe a little bit even past what you're comfortable with to see if it makes a difference. If it's not getting enough blue in your picture, it could be causing it to to um, to not register the correct position. So those are the two things outside of the troubleshooting Light gun issues video and post that we would highly recommend. So, again, convergence, let's make sure our convergence on our monitor is good, and then let's maybe turn up the color blue just a bit to see if it helps our issue. Tim also mentioned though calibration, very important. If the guns are miscalibrated, it will not work. And so, make sure that your guns are calibrated properly with the game and that they're registering. Tim, something else that um, we've talked about before is when you open up a light gun. Now, um, I don't know about like Big Buck World, but I know we've seen this in like the mm. Haplite guns. There's usually like a little one. dark little square in uh-huh. there. You know what I'm talking about, Tim? Yep. <laughs> that little dark square. If it's not there makes a huge difference, I've yeah. noticed. So it's like just a little um, square rubber piece that kind of goes between the optical sensor and the end of the gun, mm-hmm. and the and the optic at the end of the gun, the little lens at the end of the gun. If that is not there, that can make a lot of difference in your calibration and positioning on your gun. So, sure. um, and like I said, I don't know if that piece is there. In well, the he say said he tried, ones,
1: but did he say he tried new guns? He did try new guns. Right. So in that so case, I would probably
0: get rid of that for right. sure. But, um, but you may just want to make sure that that's there as well, because we've seen that make a big difference. Tim, is there anything else that you can think of here for I, uh, brandon before i cannot
1: talk. think of anything but brandon please be sure and get back with us let us know what all you tried what was successful or or what you still need help with
0: absolutely and convergence plays a bigger issue in light gun games obviously tim because of the optical sensors and the way that they hit the gun uh, the way they hit the monitor mm-hmm. and just making sure that that positional data is getting recorded properly so again convergence and blue were the two things that we talked about everything that we talked about though in troubleshooting like gun issue still applies So uh, try all of that and let us know where you end up from there. Okay, Tim, our next question here is from Jim. And so let's go ahead and move on here. Oh, real quick, though, I will say current phonograph says greetings from California, Tim. So there you are. Oh, okay. But let us go ahead and move move on real quick to Jim's question here on the outline, Tim. He says, hello, I have a SilverStrike Bowling 2004 game. I've owned it for almost 15 years. Last year, I installed a digital monitor in the cabinet and upgraded the hard drive to an SSD, which, Tim, are both good upgrades, really, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Um, it has been working fine for the past year. When I turned it on recently, it got hung up in the middle of the Linux test screen. I waited two hours and it never did anything. So I powered the machine down, wait a few minutes, powered it back on again and got the same result. It hangs on a black screen right after the screen says, checking data maintenance. So, Tim, mm-hmm. That's usually when it's trying to check like the hard drive making sure everything's good And so it'll go to the black <clears throat> screen after that and just nothing. Right? Okay So now I'm having problems with it booting up at all I tried replacing the CMOS battery installing the original hard drive swapping out the power supply and it's still not working Sometimes it will boot up and freeze after the checking data maintenance screen and sometimes it won't boot at all No fans, but a green light on the motherboard I also checked the bio settings and everything looks good as far as I can tell any ideas could the motherboard be bad or could the motherboard It says, could the motherboard bad? Could the motherboard be bad? All right. I have reseated and checked all the pins on the connectors. Nothing helps. Any help will be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Jim. So, Tim, this is probably more of a computer issue, right? Like, I mean, we've seen this um, before with booting and everything. Now, (coughs) Tim, typically when we have boot issues, um, a lot of times it will either be power supply or hard drive. But it sounds like Jim's done a lot of troubleshooting here to make sure that that is not the case, right? I was
1: going to say, Jim really has done a lot of troubleshooting and kind of narrowed it down to where it helps us decide, yeah, it probably is the main board. Yeah, we're kind of getting
0: to that point. You asked if it could be the motherboard. Uh, You know, Tim, obviously I've got a lot of experience with computers and I can tell you that based on the (sighs) symptoms that you're experiencing, it does seem to be more of a motherboard issue at this point. So there are a couple of things you can try, though. What you, uh, One of the things you can do is you could try to jumper the power switch on the front header of the motherboard to see if you can just get it to come on real quick right. and see if that helps, okay? Um, you can try to jumper that just real quick and see if you can get... Like, when it won't come on, see if you can get it to come on that way. And then, otherwise, you're probably just going to have to find a replacement. Now... Good news, bad news. The good news is that I don't think that you need the actual IT version of this motherboard. I think you can actually use any off the shelf version of this motherboard. Oh, okay. So you don't have to like specifically go with the one that has like the IT the IT and I said IT, Incredible, Incredible Technologies. Technologies. You won't have to go with the Incredible Technologies board that has the Incredible Technologies BIOS. Um, from what I've read, you can use the generic off-the-shelf version of this motherboard, Tim. Oh, so if you can good. find that, that makes They're... it a lot easier. This is an older motherboard, which means it should be pretty readily available for the most part and cheap if you can find one. Of course, a lot of people know that games run off this motherboard, so that may make it not quite as cheap. But it does sound, unfortunately, like you're having motherboard issues. So, Tim, let me go ahead and put up this uh, outline here so we can talk about Jim's problem. Unfortunately, this is starting to sound like a motherboard issue. When the computer is failing to boot up, you can try momentarily jumpering the power switch pins on the motherboard to see if you can get to start. They should be located, pins 6 and 8, on the front panel header. And Tim, I have a picture here so he can see that. The little red pins is what we're looking (coughs) at there. As far as a replacement goes, you should be able to use an off-the-shelf motherboard as a substitute. From our research, it does not have to be the Incredible Technologies branded motherboard. Early Silver Strike bowling cabinets like the 2004 model here used an Intel D865 motherboard but could also use the D965, Tim. It could okay. use either one. Um, those can be found on eBay and Tim, I do have a link in the show description down below to an eBay link where you can search for those and find them. I saw some on there for under like 100 bucks. Um, some cheaper but untested and we all would know what untested means. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would get one that the seller says works and so, you know, you may have to spend a little bit more for that but it didn't look it looked like you could get one for relatively inexpensive it looked like a hundred bucks or so Tim would get you one and so but unfortunately it just just sounds like that you, you did a lot of things to help um, stem the tide of this becoming a big problem like doing the mm-hmm. SSD Um, you know obviously replacing the monitor all that kind of stuff helps but it doesn't mean that you won't eventually have problems he also he said he replaced the power supply too Tim that was a good thing to do obviously didn't seem to be a power supply problem so at this point I think we're really looking at motherboard now there may be things that you can do to help with it um, if, if it's, uh, you may be able to replace some capacitors on the motherboard in order to get it working properly. A lot of times when we see boot up issues like this, it is power related, which means that there are, if there are some capacitors on the motherboard, you may be able to replace those and get it working again. Um, but I mean, it looks like the D865 motherboards are pretty readily available for the most part. So, uh, you know, it may not be worth Going through all the trouble of trying to fix the motherboard is what well, I would say. Um, now, you could also contact Incredible Technologies. Was, they, I was about was, to say, was they, like they may have a board a lying around or, knowing that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, that would be another option. But if they have a board lying around, I'm sure they're going to charge you said arm and leg. So there, yeah. you, <laughs> go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, it'll get it working. So, I mean, it just depends on how much you want to invest in it. You've had it 15 years, though. 15 years, is I mean, that's a good amount of time to run for no, with no issues for the most part. For so, sure. Yeah, so, and the problem, too, with PC-based arcade games is they don't, a lot of times they don't put adequate ventilation in the cabinets, and so this ends up happening. It, and, in fact, sometimes we'll see games with full-on computer cases inside of a cabinet, and that, to me, just is dumb. Uh, just take the outer case off of every PC that you have. Right, Tim? If there's mm-hmm. a PC in an arcade cabinet, just take that little outer casing off and just run it like that. Right. Because it'll run way better if you do that. Because, um, I mean, here's the thing. You're putting a PC inside a cabinet that already traps heat. And now you're trapping heat on top of something that's already generating heat.
2: Sure. It just doesn't
0: work very well. So the more ventilation we can add to PC-based arcades specifically, the better off you're going to be. Uh, Tim, you got anything to add here for Jim's question? I know it's more PC based, yeah. so I
1: took well. On this. No, that was fine. Uh, the only thing I can remember is that you know we hardly ever had problems with Linux games, but the few that we did, there was you know there wasn't like a reboot disk or something that right. you would have in Windows, but we everybody knows the game it called Sketchbook at Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. Sometimes it would crash like that, and we had some programming stuff that we would go in. I couldn't remember. It would be like all age, and you'd get into programming, and you would type in uh, check this sum, something, and it, it could fix stuff like that. So my my best advice would be, yes, to contact Incredible Technologies. They may even have some resources on their page or whatever. It may just be something a lot of times... He mentioned he replaced the battery. I'm wondering if the battery had died. Mm-hmm. And he checked the CMOS so that it would kick back on. A lot of times, that's what we would have to do. We'd have to jumper and kick it on the first time and then go into there and tell it. Hey, from now on, boot up on power. Right. And that so, would fix it.
0: So I think the Incredible Technologies one, Tim, actually is already pre programmed to do that by default. Okay. Which is one of the benefits you get by having the Incredible Technologies BIOS on there is that they already set all the settings for you, which no, is nice. So if you use an off the shelf one, you'll have to do it yourself to do that. if it dies, yep. right? Which for is kind sure. of a bummer. So But yeah, for sure. I think contacting Incredible <laughs> Technologies can't hurt. Um if they want to sell you parts, they're going to be expensive, but you'll get your game running. But like Tim's mentioned, they may have some sort of troubleshooting menu or something you can go into to see if it'll work. So it may not hurt to, to contact Incredible Technologies. Incredible Technologies is still making Silver Strike, still making Golden Golden Tees. Right. So, I mean, you know, those games, um, you know... Some of the older models have fallen out of support, but somebody there may still be able to help you out. It's never, uh, it's never a bad idea to contact the manufacturer and at least get a, get an opinion or an idea. If they can't help you, you know, a lot of times they will.
1: Yeah, it's worth the worth the ask.
0: Absolutely. So, hey, uh, so Tim, we have Derek Roberts here. He says, "Hey, everyone," and that's about it kind of like i said kind of dead over there in the live kind of chat slow tonight, tonight. Yeah, that's all right that's, guys. like i said we're on an off night it's friday. Yeah, it's friday maybe they all started the weekend early tim they're already getting a little tipsy over it. and if you are, <laughs> more power to you um, <laughs> you know uh, enjoy tim, your weekend maybe i need to grab some uh some adult beverages out of the fridge real quick Maybe we can get our friday started quick I'm i gotta drive if, i was about to say i'm scared <laughs> if we did that if we did that we wouldn't get through this We'd start <laughs> in our speech or something so uh, but we do have questions to get through, so we do want to make sure that we cover all those uh, without the influence of of, um, of adult beverages. So there we we're go. gonna do that. So we can have the adult beverages afterwards, Tim. You and me will well take it out. Tim, do you have one? Uh, I'm I'm curious. Off topic. Do you have like an adult beverage of choice that you like to go to?
1: I have a new one. Oh, nice. That, um, well, you know, a little controversy about a certain beer. Yes. And so uh, I'm not on the boycott bandwagon, but. I don't like supporting certain things. So, uh, I have certain beer that I like to drink. So, I have, I try. So, we'll, we'll get into a small story here. I took my annual pilgrimage to the Texas State Fair. Me and my friend Hi. Mike, we used to be general managers who always had off days during the week. So, like the past 10 years, we had taken the Wednesday before the Oklahoma Texas game, which we'll talk about later. Um, and,. We always go to the State Fair because, number one, ESPN is already setting up. They're yes. already doing stuff for the game. You're, you might even see coaches or players or something like that. Plus, it's just a good day to go. And uh we were walking around, and um uh, so we always buy 30 tickets, all right? 30 tickets, get us some kind of junkiest, craziest <laughs> food right. you can ever have. And I had a hot dog with mac and cheese and brisket on it. Oh, my goodness. All right, that was, that was my splurge. <laughs> And usually we get some, uh, one beer and some ice cream. But they had so many beer tents around that we got to try <laughs> so much, I didn't need to drink anymore. After that. I didn't have to pay for it. But I tried one by uh, Shiner. Okay, Shiner. And, uh, which is brewed here in Texas, yep. but pretty popular all over now. And it's their version of uh, their Mexican beer is what they call it. And I'd have to get the, the name starts with an E, but... Anyway, it was super refreshing and almost tastes like a ginger ale. Wow. But it was still a beer and it was still a little bit of punch to it. Nice. But anyway, that's my new one. Okay. That's what I'm. Well, that's know, my poison lately.
0: I'm not much of a beer drinker, Tim. I just, I'm, I just. Well, you not,
1: maybe a glass of wine. A glass this, of wine. This is more of the middle kind of. Yeah. Okay, different. well,
0: I'm, I might try something different. I'm more of a glass of wine kind of guy, <laughs> so I will drink that. But uh, I don't know. I just beer never appeared to me uh, appealed to me. I think I just haven't had the right kind of beer.
1: Maybe. I See, and I don't right. like dark beer. Right. I don't like anything like. Oh,
0: I take that back. I've had Guinness before.
1: But Guinness is stout. Uh, yeah, that, it that's, is stout. That's real men's and beer. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. That's real men's beer.
0: I just don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy wine. That's all it is.
1: So, I'm looking this up now. I'm curious. I'm gonna go to the live chat while you're looking that. All right. <laughs> up. Uh,
0: RK John says I have a dead Silver Strike bowling. The same symptoms. I'll give some of those tips to go too. Yes, absolutely. So motherboard definitely sounds like the problem with uh, with Brandon's there in the last or Jim, excuse me. Jim's in the last question. So try that out, RK John, and let us know what you come up with. Derek says I've got a question for you guys. I have a Russell Fest PCB that is slowly losing its volume. I did change the volume pot with a used one. And I believe that worked, but um, that's it so far, but didn't fix it. So if you're having um, problems with volume, a lot of times that means the audio amp on the board might be dying a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so what you can try to do is everything that's around that volume pot, like look at all those parts and try to replace as many of those as you can, because that volume pot where it is, is probably all part of your audio amplifier on that board. And so what you want to do is replace parts, especially parts that look suspect in that area you want to replace. If you can test them, then test them as well but you may need to rebuild the audio amp because it does sound like that's probably what's happening with your Russell Fest board there. So uh, that would be the s- suggestion we would say to you, just mm-hmm. everything around that volume pot that you see, if there's caps, if there's resistors, transistors there, go ahead and replace as much as you can or do testing on those parts to see what's broken and then replace it's it. There's
1: probably a cap in that area.
0: A lot of times audio amps um, use it's a just, lot of caps and things. They're just so it's just drying up. It's exactly. Old. Very common for a cap to be causing audio issues there. So, And then we have Dan that says, uh, hello from Australia, Tim. Wow. Adelaide. So, there you
1: go. Nice. but Okay, Welcome. what
0: was the name of the Shiner?
1: Orale. O-R-A... Oh, looks like the word oral with an E on it. O-R-A-L-E.
0: I have seen commercials for this. Orale? Yeah, or yes.
1: Orale? I don't, I, know, I don't how. know. Anyway. So, I have
0: seen the commercials, though. Shiner events, right? Orale. Okay. That's
1: that's my poison. I so. may have to try it. i got I to find some. I,
0: if I'm not against beer, it's just I haven't found one that I like to drink. That's well, really this what
1: I this is definitely not your typical strong aftertaste malty beer or whatever we laugh because my friends are from germany right. he texts me today get ready we're going out <laughs> oh, yeah you know, i was like <laughs> they start drinking about 8 a.m and quit about well bedtime and so you know um their beer is more of what we would consider malt liquor here yeah I'm and sure, yeah. it's very style it's a lot real malty what we drink in america is more hops right and uh, so and, but I don't like dark I like Michael of Ultra was my favorite for a long time but I'm really starting to like this one anyway, okay. we're off topic oh but. we may have to get some of that so, yeah there you O'Reilly go.
0: <laughs> okay well I mean hey it's Friday night it's yeah. Friday night, arcade repair it's, tips after dark. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, all the kids are gone or that's in right, bed, right? Exactly. We're, so, we're good. No, but uh, I'll try I'll try some. I'm with it. Now, people say you need to go to a brewery and get like a flight of stuff. That's probably what I need to do, right? Like just go, like try a little bit of everything, right? Yeah,
1: and that's the problem is that you don't want to buy a six pack. I've right, done that. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, I don't like it. Right. And then you're left to find more. I tell you what, I don't like hardly any IPA. It's like if you brewed it, I'm like, eh, never mind. Right, exactly. I, I'm too standard, I guess, when it comes comes to that most ipas are a uh, little yeah uh, just awful or grapefruit beer or something yeah, nasty. Yeah, I'm not nasty. Big on that nasty so
0: i mean like i said i'm not a big beer person but like i said i'm not against it i'll try if i can find one that i like we'll do it my dogs are going crazy sorry guys i'll have to go i'll go them down here in a second <laughs> if they keep going we'll see
1: they probably can't hear them
0: yeah um so let us go on guys and we're gonna do this next question from rose real quick so here we go I have an original Galaxian arcade game that has intermittent vertical collapse. When I smack a certain spot, (laughs) Tim, it fixes it, which has me thinking it was a loose wire or a failing solder point. Unfortunately, getting to and removing the boards is not a simple task. I was able to look without fully removing. Without full removal, and I didn't see anything of concern, do you have any suggestions? I'm not really tech-savvy. I found the manual for the monitor online, it's a bit like a foreign language to me. LOL. I appreciate any assistance. And Tim, I think Rose sent in some pictures here, so you can kind of see what we're dealing with. Awesome. Now, um, let's uh, play What's My Monitor, with everybody in the live chat. So, we have these pictures from Rose. Tim, I looked at this and immediately knew what it was. Do you know what it is? I do know what it is. Okay, so we're going to... I know there's a little bit of a delay here, guys, so we're going to just let these pictures sit up here for a second we're going to see if anybody can identify this fine looking monitor chassis here tim i mean it's clean for a galaxian it was clean
1: it's been probably been repaired before
0: absolutely i mean that tube looks really clean i'm not seeing a whole lot of dust in fact the chassis you can actually see the chassis i mean that's amazing uh you can see how clean it is there and everything so um like i Mm -hmm. said this is a very um very popular model that we see quite often in especially older games like from the 80s and some early 90s games right Right. So, so
1: any guesses in the chat room? Yeah, were we're kind of, well,
0: I'll, I'll give him another minute, and we'll just see, because I know I, I see that you guys can see it now, so it's like you've had some time to kind of look at it here. So, yeah, there's always uh, a delay. That's right. So we'll give them a little bit longer here, Tim. I can give him another, like I said, another um, 45 seconds here, and we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, you know, the black bar there should be a real giveaway. I That's
1: think. that's what give, yeah, gave it about about away to say. me. Should, the black should, bar on the right, right. side. Right. So
0: for anybody who's uh, looking at that, you should mm-hmm. probably have a really good idea of what it is, um, Tim. If you're listening to this on the audio podcast then you um you need to Mm -hmm. uh go ahead and make sure that you watch the youtube version of this so you can actually see what we're talking about make sure you go to rose's question you can actually see a picture of it oh tim we do have a a winner yeah i think we do too (laughs) um i'll wait about 15 more seconds and we'll see if anybody else wants to chime in and confirm what uh phaser 58 has said so about 10 more seconds here five four three Two and one. Okay, and the big winner is Phaser58, who says a Wells Garner 4600. And that would be correct. Correct. Uh, Tim, uh we know this, um, like I said, the black bar is. What is it holding down there, Tim? It's
1: holding uh, two cards uh, that. Mike, tomorrow, That's what you work. Your X and your Y card, right? You got your X
0: and your Y card in mm-hmm. there, and you got. The, I always forget what the other card is. But yes, you have the two card system here, which is very common on this. So Tim, we have Rose here. She's got a K forty six hundred, as we mm-hmm. know. Okay, and she's got a Galaxy, and we know it's got it's got a collapse issue. She can smack it, and it'll come right back. Right. right. <laughs> okay, so we know that it may not necessarily be that our uh, vertical IC or something in the X Y card is bad, but there may be something else going on. Right.
1: Right. Fortunately, you came to the right place because we specialize really in helping beginners like you to overcome those fears. So you need to watch some of our videos on repairing an RK board because this is exactly what ha- needs to happen. And fortunately enough, um, most people in the chat room would agree the 4600 is one really good monitor to kind of uh, to cut your teeth in. You know, sure. they're just, it's, they're not hard. You're going to uh, remove that black bar and there's two cards in there. You could, um, of course, after discharging your monitor, you would need to watch our video on that. You could take out those cards and either repair them yourself or have them sent off. You could just send off the cards to like our good friend Paul who could fix those for you. At a reasonable cost, and then they'll mail them back, and you replace them just like you put them in there, and that should fix your issue.
0: Now, I, now, Tim, there's a there's a chance that just replacing like the card may not. Okay, it may be on the main chassis. Still, still, there's still a possibility that it could be. And the other thing here, Tim, is that it is um, intermittent, which would mean it's maybe a cold solder joint.
1: That's what it sounds like. That, and she obviously had heard it say of research, that right. or knew that, so she just wasn't quite sure how to do it, and I think maybe a little apprehension about having to remove it. But if you'll watch our video on removing that RK chassis, you you could definitely attempt and touching up all those solder joints may help and you wouldn't even have to send it off. But then you could send it, like Jonathan said, don't just send the cards off. Send the whole chassis with the cards and send it off and have somebody repair it for you. As long as you could take it out, you could put it back in. Just take a lot of good pictures now, like so, you have.
0: Now, I already responded uh, to Rose with one I'm about to read here, Tim. And she responded back asking what would be a good soldering iron to use. So, I sent her the uh, $40 weller that we like to use, the little orange uh-huh. guy. And so, I, she may try to repair this herself. Nice. And so, if you do, more power to you. Uh, Tim, let me go ahead and put up our little outline uh, uh, explanation here for Rose. So the fact that it goes in and out of vertical collapse would seem to indicate a problem with a bad connection somewhere. Now, from your pictures, your modern chassis is a Wells Garner K4600, which uses a card system. The card on the right with the black adjustment knob on it is the XY card. You might just try removing this card from the chassis and touching up the solder on it to see if it helps. If the problem continues, then you may have an issue in the connection from the board to the card. In this case, you will need to remove the rest of the chassis and check for cold, cracked, and or broken solder joints around the card connection and so tim that's really what it comes down to it's gonna be a lot of touching up solder here but if you do that you could get it working with uh without replacing anything i think yeah because i mean when you're having these intermittent problems cold cracked or broken solder joints are almost always the cause right Tim?
1: yeah and they're very hard to see so when we're saying check them mostly we're just saying reflow them all exactly and that way because i mean yes if you get a microscope or something you might could find it but it's not worth the trouble just reflow all of those solders when we talk about reflow we're talking about just heating it up and adding some fresh solder to it and we've got some videos and things like that that you can watch that may help you with that.
0: Yeah, and we actually have a soldering tutorial on one of our DVDs, Tim. I forget which one. I think it's uh, volume one with Michael. And Michael mm-hmm. shows you how to solder. And Michael is an expert solder. I mean, he, he is very good at it. And so he's he's the one that actually shows you how to do it. The biggest tip I can tell you is you want to put the iron on the opposite side of the pin and the solder on the other side. And then you kind of want to merge those in together on the pin. Right. If you do that, that's usually the easiest way to get the solder to stick. Because a lot right. of people are like, I can't. like They put the solder and the um, iron next to each other like this right. you're like I can't get it to stay on the pin it's because you're not heating up the pin enough for the solder to take does right. that make sense yes and
1: so that's hold, why you want to
0: come in at opposite directions you it. want
1: to hold your tip still and move your yeah, solder exactly and so a lot of people do the opposite they hold the solder and move you know the tip. tip it's the opposite of that okay? exactly <laughs> I always thought the first time I could look at my I remember trying to teach young techs how to do it and they were like god you make that look so easy and I thought I guess so. Once you do it enough, it just really, but it doesn't take much practice. And they're like, look, look, look. And in no time, you can be really good at soldering or good enough.
0: Exactly. Now, like we talked about, the nice thing is you can just take the card out. (coughs) Excuse me. So um, when you take that XY card out, you don't necessarily have to discharge the monitor. We would recommend it. Um, we always recommend discharge. But you can pop that top little bracket off very easily. Usually you squeeze it right on the end uh-huh. of them and then you'll lift it up. And then you can pull that card out and just check that card over and touch up the solder on that card and pop it back in and see where you end up. Because yeah. uh, you may fix it. That may fix it right there. But if it doesn't, if you have to pull the whole chassis out, if you have to pull the whole thing out, it may be worth installing a cap kit while you have it out. Especially if it's been a long time since it's been on it. So that's usually what we always recommend. If I'm going to pull out a chassis, I'm going to put the cap cap kit on it just because I've got the chassis out. I don't want to put it back with old, dirty caps on it, so... But overall, you should be able to handle this. But if you can't, like Tim mentioned, you can send it off to, like, our friend Paul at uh, Paul'sMonders.com. If you want somebody to repair it for you, you can always just do that. Take the chassis out, pack it up, send it to him, and he'll fix it for you and send it back to you. And then you just install it again. Or if you want to try to tackle this yourself, which I think you totally can if you want to. In fact, this may be a good problem to do that on. Then good luck with your repair. Hopefully, you can get it working without that little uh, without that little every-so-often vertical collapse and having to smack it around. You know? Right. So,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: Um, Robbie J asks, what temperature on a soldering iron? Tim, what do you recommend?
1: Um, You know, I don't have one sitting in front of me, but you want it... Well, it's kind of throwing me off guard. Is it like 250 to 300 degrees? That's what I'm thinking. Um, I just know mine's set. Exactly. But whatever your soldering iron is, the Wells Garner that we use is kind of in the middle. You don't want it too hot you're going to burn up traces Traces. and stuff and too cold of course you can't get the solder to flow right so i may be wrong on my numbers i just know it and it's a little bit of its playing with it unless you have a soldering iron like that orange one that doesn't right um you can't adjust it but i want to say it's like two to three hundred degrees somebody can correct me if i'm wrong
0: yeah that sounds about right tim because like you said you want it to be hot enough to where it's going to melt the solder but not too hot that you burn up traces yeah i like it to melt key.
1: it quick i don't want to have to wait and wait and wait right. on it but you just you i've i'm probably on the needle uh if zero was no solder and 100 was the hottest you could get i'm probably in around 80 degrees you know right. then just to give you an example of that range whatever yours is some of us just playing with it and see what you like right. i know that some of them are go five six hundred degrees i just generally is generally too hot for me
0: right exactly i mean it just it depends on your preference I I mean, maybe it's
1: around 400 i can't remember i just know mine is set so i don't really ever look at the temperature what does he say
0: yeah um well i mean it uh, Remember Billy says 800 degrees. Okay. I, I mean people can solve it with that. I was about to say you can do it at that high of temperature if you want to.
1: See, I'm but, thinking I'm probably wrong. I would
0: burn a trace at that. At that, probably. I yeah. mean at 800 degrees I'd probably be burned. But traces.
1: I would believe Billy, and so 800 mm. degrees that may be maybe right. I mean you want it to be quick and fast. You just don't want it to be too hot. And I've definitely burned up my share of traces. Absolutely. From but usually. It's the problem of not being too hot that causes you to burn the trace because you're literally sitting there waiting on it. exactly. The hotter it is, the quicker you can get and get on and get out without trying to, without doing that. Sure. So thank you, Billy.
0: Yeah, but I mean, just, I mean, like I said, sometimes it's a personal preference there. Um, If you're doing... um, if you're doing old, like if you're trying to refresh old solder, you do need to crank up your heat a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So like if you're, let's say you're working on a Pac-Man board or, or even some of these older chassis, like to melt the original solder that's there, a lot of times you will need to get it hotter than what you would need if you're just putting fresh solder on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you're trying to, you're trying to melt the existing solder, which has been on there since, you know, 1982 or whatever. And so you're trying, you're trying to melt that. And so, um, let's see. we says, uh, he does 650. Okay. So I mean, you know, like I said, just depends on, just depends on when. Man, you're I was
1: on. way off, guys. Thank y'all for. Well, I mean, correcting. It may well, be what is yours is set, set. <laughs>
0: maybe what yours is set on. I don't know. I just have to go turn it and on and solder. Right. Exactly. Uh, so it is adjustable. Yeah, mine has a temperature setting, but it doesn't have temp. Like it ha- doesn't I don't have temperature, know what the temperature on it. Temperature Right. Exactly. Is, yeah. Mine just it has like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, You know, like I'm saying, yeah. it doesn't have the actual degrees on it. Yeah, mine just shows the so, numbers. And I just numbers. put mine. I put mine in the middle. Yeah. I would say mine
1: more at the two o'clock position two o'clock position okay there you
0: go. <laughs> so uh if you <coughs> want to i was about to say i uh, look up that uh, blue weller you have and just see where you are in the dial yeah you know i'm saying like on uh, like uh what is it um like amazon or something to so even find a picture of it oh, i'm sure right. that's right a there. good
1: question though thank yeah. you for asking kind okay. of threw me for a loop there for a second
0: there you go i'm gonna go ahead and move on to aaron's question here tim So Aaron says, Hi, everyone. I wanted to reach out for some advice if possible. I was recently gifted an old Atari System 1 Marble Madness cabinet, Tim. Wow. It belonged to a friend and was pretty much left to the elements. The cabinet itself is in poor shape, but a lot of the internal components seem okay. Is it worth me trying to repair and rebuild the cabinet a new cabinet? Or should I part it out and be done with it? Any help is welcome. I'm a theater technical director at a high school and thought maybe rebuilding the cabinet would be a good project for my students. Now, Tim, naturally, I'm sure everybody wants to see what this cabinet looks like, so let's go ahead and take a look at that real quick. And, Tim, you can see that this thing has definitely been left to the Oh, nice. wow. Um,
1: yeah, it was- we're, we got excited when we heard it was free. But so, yeah. when you
0: see the um, second picture there, you can see the bottom of the cabinet is in pretty rough shape. It's kind of, yeah. you know, it's, it seems like it's coming apart at the seams there. And then the back, you can see where the monitor is here in the back. And, um, yeah, it's pretty beat up. And he did send us a picture of the serial number on the board, but that's all he sent us. So, it wasn't the... Um, it wasn't the whole one. And so, um, and I kind of had to stitch together at the back of the chassis just to kind of add the two pictures together so <laughs> you can kind of get a whole view of what he's looking yeah, at there. Same but, better, um, nice. Tim, so this is obviously beat up. Um, I wouldn't say beyond all recognition, but I would definitely say beat up. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, what do you think Aaron should do with this cabinet? Is this worth uh, restoring? Is this something that uh, he just needs to trash and part? Or, like, what is your your recommendation, Mr. Cabinet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you would definitely want to keep the marquee, the control panel, the bezel shroud, the bezel itself. Oh, he he
0: didn't mention putting it in a new cabinet. Yeah. That was the thing he mentioned. Or should he part it out? So, new Uh, cabinet or part it out?
1: I would put it in a new cabinet. Okay. That'd be my what I would do.
0: Okay, so why would you put it in a new cabinet?
1: Just because it's a pretty rare game. You don't see much of around. And I think that, um, like he's saying, I think it wouldn't cost much to build a cabinet, but if you could get it working, that would definitely probably get more money. Although, because you don't have a way to test it, you'd be selling untested boards and stuff like that. If you could get it working as a working game... To me, it would be worth more and, I don't know, maybe just more fun.
0: Yeah. Well, another thing you have to remember is that um, the market for parts is not as high as the market for a fully working game, right? That's what I I wanted to say. More people are looking for a fully working game than are working for parts, right? Maybe Only arcade repair people like us are looking for parts. Right. Okay? But a fully working arcade game, you got a big market for that, right?
1: Yeah, and it would be a fun project.
0: Right. So here's the thing about Marble Madness. Anybody have an idea of what a Marble Madness goes for, Tim?
1: Oh, two grand. Or okay, so more.
0: fully restored, you may be looking two grand or twenty five hundred, maybe more. Okay. Okay. In a bad condition, or a decent condition, let's say a decent condition, marble madness can still go for around twelve to fifteen hundred. Right. With all that in mind, there's a reason why going the restoration route on this instead of the part route is probably going to pay off more. Would you get some good money for the parts? Yeah, probably. But if you yeah. had the complete cabinet working, you would have more money. i right. almost guarantee you. And so we all know the cabinet is trash. We've already seen it. Okay, so you do need to replace the cabinet. But as far as parting it out or building a new cabinet, I'm with Tim. You know, let's go with the let's go with the fully. Now, we 34 says 12k. I think that's a little on the high side. Yeah. So, um, you know, <laughs> personally, he says LOL. That's about right. Um, that's too high. Um, but Tim, I've seen him go as high as three. Right. I mean, and maybe four. Right. And here's the thing, because it's a very not it anymore. Exactly. It's a popular game. A lot of people know it, and there's not many of them. Mm -hmm. And anytime you have that, um, Marble Madness is in like a Tron-style category, Mm -hmm. okay? where it's like, you know how Trons go, Tim. Kind of the same thing. A lot of people know it, not a lot lot of availability um, out there as far as cabinets are concerned. So um, you're looking at a, it could be a very rare game is what you need to think about. And so definitely worth the restore here. Tim, I'm going to go ahead and put this up here so we can uh, talk about it. But from your pictures, it does look like Mm -hmm. the cabinet is in pretty rough shape. Assuming the cabinet is complete, otherwise, it has all the internal components, monitor, board, power supply, etc. It's probably worth transferring to another cabinet if you're up for the challenge. A good-conditioned Marble Madness can go for around $1,200 to $1,500. A fully restored one can go for over $2,000. And Tim, like I said, we've seen them as high as three or or higher, depending on how good of a condition it's in. So, you could probably make some good money parting it out as well. But there's a limited audience for parts and a much larger audience for fully working arcade cabinets. You may face some uh, da- some repair damage, but we would, or some repair challenges, excuse me, Tim. You may face some repair challenges, but we would recommend doing the restore. And so going ahead and putting together a new cabinet. Tim, our friend Joe, used to um, build cabinets from scratch. Yeah. He had built some of these system one-style cabinets. And you may be able to find a cabinet maker out there that would build it for you if you don't want to build it yourself. But it's not too bad, Tim, to build one yourself if you want to go that route. And considering you have all of the... You've got all of the parts and things that you need on this. I do think that um, in this particular case, it's going to be better for you to just restore it than to try to part it out. Tim, do you have anything else here for Aaron before we move on?
1: No, I think it's good advice. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Robbie J says, do you guys know anyone who, um, let's see, who, I can't read all of it, sorry. It's cutting off. Uh or who fixes uh, Tri-System 1 motherboards, I think is what he's trying to go for, Tim. Um, trying to think. You know, you may have some luck with, like, Electron Forge with that one. Mm-hmm. But if not, like, Eldorado will fix pretty much everything, Everything, but they'll charge you an arm and a leg for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Electron Forge, though, Tim, he was doing a lot of different older school games like that. And so I'd probably check with him first to see if um, if he had it. I can't remember that guy's name off the top of my head. I should know that, Tim. The guy Electron Forge. What's his
1: name? I don't know his I name. I can't remember
0: his name at the moment. But Electron Forge... Um, is is the website that you can go to and we have it on our resources page at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources if you go under the pc board repair heading then you will find electron forge under there and you can contact him and see if he will do it um our friend matt mcculler's used to but i don't know if he's doing board repair anymore no i don't think yeah, so let's say he used to Not do those much. um raymond probably does them at arcadecomponents.com raymond fixes pretty much anything for anybody so uh you can always contact him about a board and he will give you a price quote on what it will cost as well so uh electron forge Eldorado games and arcadecomponents.com raymond uh, those three places would be, would be the people that we would check with if we wanted a system one board fixed yeah so there you go uh anything else here tim for Aaron, or are we pretty much done with I that? i think
1: we're done with that one
0: okay sounds good well, Tim, I think we've gotten to the quick question and answer section All of right. the uh, show tonight. So, uh, for those of you guys who are maybe first-time watchers or don't know what we do during this section, basically I'm going to rapid-fire three questions at Tim, and then he's going to rapid-fire three answers back on those three questions. And so these are short questions. They're not as long as the ones that we've been covering previously here in the show. But they're a little bit, um, they're a little bit uh, shorter, so that way Tim can rapid-fire answer them for us. And so with all that said, let us get to these three questions for this month. And so the first one we have here, Tim, is from Clay. He says, hello, I'm having a monitor issue. Do you think a cap kit will fix it? Thanks that's all we got we have tara who says hello we have a roll in score table the sound is not working but the score tracker still works any suggestions so tara uh tara with a roll in score table and then we have dustin that says i'm trying to get my killer Instinct cabinet back to the original game and some i converted to a multi-game can i get some help or inside info on what to do that'd be greatly appreciated thank you and have a great day so let's let's just recap here clay will a cap kit fix my monitor uh, Tara, my Roland score has no sound. And Dustin, how do I get my Killer Instinct from a multi-game back to an original Killer Instinct? So, Tim, let's take these one-a-time at a time rapid fire. Clay, will a Cap kit fix my random monitor issue, Tim? It depends
1: on what the issue is. Sure. It fixes a lot of issues, and it's a great place to start. But if it's completely dead, it may not be your problem.
0: Right, and there's other there's other things right. that cap kits are good at fixing, and some that won't. We'll talk about those here in a second. Uh, Tar's roll score table. Tim, now I'm. It kind of sounds like this may be a home use one. Okay. And so what do you think is going on with the sound here?
1: Well, you got to check the wires going from the board to the speakers and make sure the volume was up.
0: Right. Exactly. Volume is key, right? Like, if there's a potentiometer or something like that, make sure we turn it up. Okay, what can Dustin do to turn his killer instinct back into a killer instinct from a multi-game?
1: Well, first thing he's going to have to do is get a board. And (laughs) then he'll need to see if the wiring matches what's currently in there. It's probably JAMA, hopefully. And then put the board in there and kind of go backwards from there. But you got to get a board set to start with.
0: Absolutely. So there you go. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, Mm -hmm. Tim. There we go. Uh, So let's uh, go ahead and just go over what Tim just answered with so we can kind of review. So uh, Clay's question on the cap kit. So it depends. A cap kit may fix your issue. It may not. So let's talk about the things cap kits do fix, Tim. They fixed washed out colors, vertical drop fold over right yes and power issues sometimes like we talk about filter caps a lot right power issues the real question is what's the problem with your monitor okay give us more specifics and then we can tell you for sure if a cap kit will fix it or a cap kit won't okay and so we need to know that before we can tell you for sure so get back to us with what your issue is and we can tell you yes or no uh tara so start talk- start by checking all the connections from your board to the speakers make sure the volume is turned up and see our post on troubleshooting games with sound issues we've got a lot of different um a lot of different uh, suggestions and tips that we talk about in there one of those may help you with your issue and tim it could just be that your you know your sound board went out it happens sometimes okay. or may or something other so um if it's a home use game it may not be worth fixing in that case but you never know check all the stuff we talk about in our post first before assuming that And then Dustin, with the Killer Instinct multi-game, you will need to get your hands on a Killer Instinct board. You may also need to do a bit of rewiring to the cabinet, depending on the wiring differences... Both are probably variations are variations of JAMA. And so, like, uh, your multi-game board may be Chama, right, Tim? Chama right. JAMA. Um, and then your Killer Instinct board, you know, may have a kick harness that I can't remember offhand. If it doesn't, then it may be wired differently than Chama. And so you may have to do a little bit of rewiring to the cabinet, but it shouldn't be too much in order to get it to get it running as a killer instinct so with all that said i think we covered everything tim do you have anything else to add to any of these wonderful people's questions no
1: thank y'all for writing in some uh, interesting questions again
0: absolutely so and guys if you're writing in about your monitor problem like tell us a little bit more about your monitor problem than just like will a cap kit solve it i mean uh um cap kits solve a lot of things but they don't solve everything right and so we always need to remember that and you know especially um power issues or collapse issues there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they don't
1: fix it's a good place to start absolutely so
0: okay tim well let us go ahead and go with our uh, tech tip for this evening now tim i saw this posted on like a forum and i was like you know what tim we should talk about this because this seems like something that people like we always have issues with right okay and so Ooh, uh tim do. i'm gonna let you take it away i'm gonna check out my dogs okay do <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, i'm gonna let tim take this on real quick and go ahead and like uh, Give all right. us your tech so tip for this month.
1: The tech tip for this month is dealing with funky-smelling arcade games. We've kind of always, uh, we've all been a part of this, right? Ever picked up an old arcade cabinet that smells funky? Here's some tips to get that smell out before you move it into your game room. So these are tech tips on uh, defunking your game. First one is don't just go ahead and clean it. Vacuum and wipe down the cabinet with cleaner Simple green because of the way it leaves uh, a good uh, smell afterwards. Uh, don't discount vinegar. Just regular liquid soap, bleach. Um, anything clean, uh, cleaning materials always smell better than funk, right? So we want to make sure that we clean it thoroughly. And uh, that will do wonders. Uh, Spread breaking soda or cat litter inside the cabinet. Let it sit for a while and vacuum it up those are good things we know we use baking soda in old refrigerators stuff like that cat uh, litter will actually absorb a lot of smells and stuff then you may want to use a spray air freshener such as febreze lysol etc like that uh let a bowl of cit- uh cut citrus fruits peel sit overnight in the bottom of the cabinet so Maybe you like oranges. It's getting close to that time of year, Christmas and stuff, where I tend to eat more oranges for some reason. Um, You might take some of those peels and put out in there and let that absorb some of the odors. And then a negative ion ozone generator may help as well. Um, Maybe you have some additional tips in the uh, live chat today, but we've all been through this before. What can we do to get our game smelling good? I'm telling you What? I've had a couple. I think that we just never quite could get all the smell out. Uh, these games go through some funky stuff. Uh, a lot of we've had some though with just rat's nest and all kinds of things in there, um, and it takes some effort. But also, one thing I didn't mention was a fresh coat of paint inside the cabinet. Absolutely. Well, just spraying down some, you know, painting the walls black or something. That fresh paint smell will cover up a lot of odor, too. Um, anyway, again, these are just some good tech tips. Um, occasionally, we throw these out there. Maybe your experience, or maybe you have some games. You're like, these are going to be some good ways to try to defunct some of your games out there.
0: So, um, I did want to make a couple of notes here. So, the first one about vacuuming and wiping down the cabinet with cleaner. If you're going to use vinegar or liquid dish soap or bleach, you will need to cut, cut that with some water okay Mm -hmm. because you don't want to do like straight Straight, bleach or straight vinegar or straight liquid dish soap in there obviously um the bleach is really good if you do have mold growing in the cabinet yeah okay and so if you do have mold growing in the cabinet you may need to use the bleach because you don't want to bring that mold into your house for sure Uh, Tim mentioned baking soda and cat litter. That's that's pretty like tried and true method, right? Like just kind of pour it in there. Um, Let's sit for a while and then vacuum it back up. That gets a lot of it out. Um, Febreze and Lysol actually works really well. Febreze is really good with smoky smells. I don't know if you've used it on smoky smells, um, but it works really good on smoky smell stuff. And then citrus fruit. Uh, Timmy you mentioned you like to eat them like around Christmas. Did you know it used to be a thing like kids would get oranges for Christmas?
1: Well, sure. That's what my because dad that, said. That was, that was like say. his Christmas. Exactly his because and... because like mm.
0: fresh fruit was expensive. Yeah. It right. Was. And so like it was a kids, treat. exactly, it was a treat, and so like kids would get like citrus fruits. And so you know you're talking about getting that for Christmas made me think that. But you got to remember like when you cut into an orange or a lemon, you know you get that real acidic style uh, smell and and mm-hmm. uh, and stuff, and so that can cut a lot of different smells from your cabinet. It really does help well. Now Tim, I have not used a negative ion or ozone generator.
1: These You're things right are
0: kind of dangerous though. You got to seal you basically seal the cabinet up in like a room with the ozone generator and it like I mean, it basically like removes all the smell from the room. And so you can't be in the room with it when it's doing this. You need to like either need to put a bag around it or put it in a room where it's just by itself with the um, ion slash negative ion slash ozone generator and let it sit. And it basically sucks all the smell out of the room. And that, that's how it gets rid of the smell. So
1: this would be like the extreme. Exactly. Right? <laughs> like
0: um, but Tim, your tip was one like that tea. I meant to put on here too about painting. Because we've done that before. Mm-hmm. Um for the inside you can just use a primer style paint. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even have because I mean nobody's gonna see the inside. So, you know, paint it with like a primer style paint. The outside, of course, you can paint with just regular paint. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean if you do that, a lot of times it will kill that smell as well because I mean it just kinda basically what it does is it traps the smell in, in inside of the paint and so then you don't have to do it with it anymore.
2: Right.
1: Exactly. Uh, Tim,
0: was there anything else here that we? uh, No, I think we
1: covered it pretty good. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, golly, how many cabinets, Tim, have we seen? And oh, when you wipe down your cabinet, don't spray the stuff directly on the cabinet. Spray it on on the rag rag and then wipe it. Okay? Exactly. Spray it on the rag and wipe it. Tim, we love simple green. Uh, and simple green you can do without having to cut it right with Mm -hmm. water you can just do simple green um, you can get the concentrated simple green that you have to mix water with Mm -hmm. like you've probably seen that Um, but if you buy just like the spray bottle of simple simple green it's ready to go so, you could always do that. Um, like I said, the other stuff you need to, you need to cut with some water uh, to make sure. Um, I do like the bleach bathroom cleaner sometimes, Tim. I'll spray the bleach bathroom cleaner. Not like straight bleach, but mm-hmm. the bathroom cleaner bleach. I will spray on a rag and wipe down as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And a lot
0: of times you don't have to cut that with water. Because it's kind of already cut a little bit. And so, you may do that. So, um, But, yeah. Uh, there. That's kind of what we got there. So, um, Tim, I think these were some good tips overall. Right. And we've all had our share of funky smelling arcade cabinets for, for sure, sure right it's like pick something up it and so here's the thing when you're at auction a lot of times you don't smell it right because it's like in a big warehouse and so the smell's high. you get it home in your game room or your garage and all of a sudden you know you leave it there for a couple hours and you're like golly what died in this thing right
1: right <laughs> So there
0: you go so again very common for sure so um you know hopefully that got, that helps you guys out if you do have some funky smelling cabinets that you come across so because hey maybe your favorite game right tim
1: uh, hope, hopefully so.
0: There you go. So, now Tim, check this out. Um, guess what? I traveled.
1: Yes, you a did. little bit.
0: Okay, due to some divine intervention, I I was in I found myself in Arkansas last week. Okay, who would have thought? Right. Okay, I wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the week that I was going to be in Arkansas, but that's how it worked out. So, um, I ended up driving through Fort Smith, Arkansas, and okay. I'm like, wait a second. We know a guy who has an arcade here. That's Our right. good friend Stephen Westbrook has a, an arcade there called the Arcade Fort Smith. So you know what? I hit him up on Facebook. I'm like, hey, I'm in the area. Would would you meet me and show me what you got? And he's like, sure. So I went by, took a look, and I want to share. I did not take any pictures, but I, I took some pictures off uh, Steven's Facebook page so I could just show you guys what it looks like so i had a little trouble finding it he did put a map i noticed on the facebook page in case you guys are looking for it uh, tim it's kind of at the end of a, and i gonna put this up here it's kind of at the end of like a strip mall where there's like there's like um there's a big anchor store it may be walmart or something mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of stores and at the very end of the strip mall tucked back here in this little corner is the arcade and it has ah. just a little, little b sign there and uh and you can see it there up in the upper right hand corner our upper left-hand corner there of that picture, and you can see the front door says the arcade. So, mm-hmm. uh, but Tim, it was a cool place. I do want to play this short video here that uh, that Steven put up on the Facebook page here, so you guys can kind of see this is exactly what it looked like when I when I came. So you can see he's got a little console area to the right there. Um, you can and he's got this cool little lighting effect that he's doing. You can see you know there's a Fast and Furious. We got like a Nicktoons Racing Hydro Thunder H2 Overdrive. Tim, I know that's mm-hmm. one that you're fond of. Uh, you can see off road there. We've got Cruisins, of course. Daytona USA, too. Um, deal or no deal, Tim, which he says gets a lot of play even without the tickets. Mm. And then he has a lot of pinball machines. You can kind of see what he has here, Tim. He's trying to sell that Secret Service right now, I think, for two grand or something. Maybe three. So, mm. three grand, something like that. So, if you guys are looking for one. Uh, you see can see he's got Mortal Kombat's Tetris. He's got, uh, Tetris's. Mm-hmm. He's, got um, he's got some new pinball machines here, Tim. I don't know if you saw. He's got the Teenage mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. He's got uh, a couple newer Sterns there. He got some Golden tea action there, um, and he has some Redemptions on the on the walls there. Uh, but Sunset Riders, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there, Simpsons, Tim uh great games obviously and then uh those new sterns he's got star wars there and i forget that one uh, uh right next to the star wars i can't see it i can't remember what it is off the top of my head uh jurassic park data east turtles. south park yeah turtles there um just a nice collection mm-hmm. i think he had an avatar in there too and he had a twister tim nice. um, which you can actually see in there and me and tim used to have a twister as well yeah. down there on the very end you can kind of see it, with the see it. on top so, uh, but, you know, I just want to thank Stephen for, um, for taking me around and showing me everything. Tim, he gave me kind of the tour of all the games he had working. And then he gave me a tour of his workshop area, which is really nice. Oh, nice. And so I got to see uh, a lot of his work in progress games that he was working on. Um, some just really cool pieces in there uh you know you just i mean you know stuff that you don't see very much for sure i saw a lot of rare stuff in there i wish i could remember all of it it was a whirlwind tim to say the least because i only had like an (laughs) hour and a half with him but uh, the whole place is cool he's got a party room to the side he says they've been booking parties left and right uh but if you guys are ever near fort smith arkansas i'm going to encourage you to go to stevens place and check it out for sure so i mean it's uh it was a cool place uh like i said it's kind of at the back of this little strip mall so it's a little tough for me to find but uh, if you are going there just check their facebook page he's got a nice map that'll kind of show you how to get there for sure but man tim um i just I, I wished you know i shook his hand i wished him the best of luck and that goes for all of you guys mm-hmm. who have arcades out there man because you for know what sure. running an arcade is hard work okay <laughs> you, you, you love it but it's hard work right you know and so uh and here's the thing me and tim want to see more arcades out there right Sure. And people always ask us, like, why would you start doing arcade repair tests? We did that so we'd see less broken games. That's right. the whole idea. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I go in, uh, you know, Stephen's going through all these games, and he's like, oh, that's got this chassis in it, that's got this chassis in it. You know, the reason he knows that is because he's been watching videos them. and working on them and things, you know, and it's just amazing to me. It's always awesome. So I, he was so um, gracious and, and hospitable to me, Tim. I want to thank Stephen for just, you know, giving me the grand tour. Uh, even though it was kind of a whirlwind, I was only there for, like I said, about an hour, hour and a half or so. It was just nice to kind of have, um, to break up my trip, because it's kind of a long trip from here, mm. and get to uh, see and, and uh, see some cool games and things like that. He's got some really good pieces. Uh, he had all the Mortal Kombat's, Tim. One, nice. two, three, Ultimate, and four just lined up there. It was beautiful and uh, just good stuff. Tim, I, I I can never visit too many arcades. No. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we want to wish him the best of luck. Tim, he gave me a whole like vision of what he wanted to do with the place, and I just can't wait to go back when he's got all that done. It's gonna look nice. awesome. You know how it is? It's like you start at one place when you open, and then you want to get to a place where it's like, oh, this this looks like this, and this looks like this, and we have this little area here and stuff like that. He he had an entire vision, and um, when he was telling me, I could picture every bit of it, which was nice. awesome. And so, again, we just want to wish uh, Stephen and all the people who are involved with the arcade for Smith just the best of luck just continuing on there and we just hope that that place continues to do really well so Mm. um but again super hospitable to me which i really appreciated and i'm glad that i got to visit because i seen it on facebook wanted to uh, visit at some point just didn't know it was gonna i'd have the opportunity last week so it kind of worked out but um good stuff there guys you know and if you're ever i mean if you're ever going on a trip and you know there's an arcade in that area you should Mm -hmm. stop by you know tim does
1: sure right Mm -hmm. i mean golly look at all the
0: places he's been you know? very many <laughs> so if Quite you've got an few. opportunity to stop by an arcade close you always should just because it's it's a fun thing to do you can check out games play some games you haven't played or if you want to take some
1: pictures of your local arcade and send them to us yeah, we would exactly. like to feature it yeah. so
0: um, man we're lucky here in Texas that we've got some of the great some of the best arcades around Tim mm-hmm. uh, up in the Dallas area the free play arcades are amazing mm-hmm. there's so many people here that just love arcade games and have gone to great lengths to make sure that people can continue to play them and we want to we appreciate every single one of them and we hope that if you know if you're involved in one of these businesses we just wish you the best of luck and we hope that your business will thrive for years to come because i tell you what me and tim have been there it's not easy Mm -hmm. not easy so there you go so again thank you to steven visit the arcade in fort smith uh, arkansas make sure if you're ever around that area you check it out okay tim well let's go ahead and move to our news portion now tim there was kind of slim news
1: yeah yeah compared to the last couple months yeah
0: exactly this past month in fact i didn't i don't think i posted anything on the facebook page but there were some things to talk about and i will bring this up and tim this actually broke before um the last live show but it was like the day of so we did not include it on the last outline so i'm here to talk about it now but that is that atari acquired atari age so um the atari age is a retro community tim um and so they bought this retro community and they brought the site founder on board as an internal historian which is pretty cool tim so atari has announced his agreed to acquire the atari focus community and new site atari age the site will continue to operate under the management of atari age founder albert uh, yaruso and his team of volunteer moderators and yaruso will also take a role with atari as the company's internal historian. By bringing Atariage into the Atari family, we can ensure this important resource gets the support it needs to continue to fulfill its mission for years to come, said Atari CEO Wade Rosen. And Tim, we have talked about Atari and that we really like all the stuff that they're doing. Um, this, you know, somebody brought up a good point about this, that this kind of scares me if Atari ever gets sold again. Um, that they may they may decide that some of these assets that they're acquiring are not worth running. Hmm. Um, but I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that Atari can continue um, along the path that it has been on with acquiring like previously held assets and some even new assets and continue to be this kind of retro historical company that it seems to want to be now. So, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yep, I so, do.
0: Interesting news. You got any thoughts about that, Tim?
1: Uh, no, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I, it's... Um, obviously, bringing him on kind of as an internal historian. I mean, so then not just, like, buy him and tell him don't throw any content out anymore. Right. They're letting him operate. Exactly. They're just, they're just helping him out. Yeah, Sounds exactly. good. Sounds like a win.
0: Absolutely. So hopefully that is going to be a win-win for both organizations, Tim, and I guess we'll see how it plays out as we go forward. Now, Tim, that wasn't the only bit of Atari news we had. We also had that My Arcade released the Atari GameStation Pro. Now, Tim, we talked about the Atari 2600 Plus. Yeah. And that was Atari's console that played, like, original Atari cartridges and came with the 10-in-one and stuff like that. This is more of, like, a built-in console, right, that already has the games in and everything. You can't play cartridges
1: on this, okay. right?
0: And so, but they did announce this. Uh, it's available for pre order for $100, basically, Tim, $99.99, at select retailers with delivery by Halloween, it looks like. The GameStation Pro is the first console in the market to integrate Atari 2600, 5200, 7800 arcade and bonus titles into a single platform. Included are the heart pounding favorites like Adventure, Missile Command, Asteroid, Centipede, and many more. It also includes two wireless joysticks, Tim. with the 2.4 gigahertz wireless which is nice and so if you're look if you don't have like all your atari cartridges still around tim i know you've sold quite a few of yours in recent years but you still want to play atari games this is probably the better route for you to go over the 2600 plus because the 2600 Mm -hmm. plus only comes with a 10 game cartridge this is coming with 200 built-in games you can't play your cartridges on it but if you don't have any cartridges on it it doesn't matter right so (laughs) But uh, I like how there's kind of it's there's kind of diff- these different consoles kind of hit different markets. I feel like the twenty six hundred mm-hmm. plus hits kind of the collector market more because we have people who collect Atari games, whereas this hits more of like the casual market. People who just remember playing Atari games, but they're not really the people who are collecting the cartridges. Still, if that makes sense. Tim, which sure. one do you think you're more in the market for? That right one, right now? There. that one right there, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, there's a time where we were collecting rare 2600 games but i think at this point you've sold most of them right? most of them yeah so you may have some in storage but for the most part you don't have any more so but um yeah so that just goes to show you there's different markets for each of these consoles and i think Atari's going to do pretty well with this uh, gamestation game station pro console here so and then, Tim, I posted this because I found it at Ollie's. I found the Ghost and Goblins Reaction Figures 3 Pack, the Pack B, that includes the Unicorn, Arthur, and Underwear, and Skeleton by Super 7. Now, Tim, I did not know this existed, but okay. apparently it does. It's a cool action figure set of Ghost and Goblins. So I saw this at my local Ollie's. would definitely make for a good game topper or game room decoration. There are two sets available. They both have an MSRP of forty dollars. Box states that this is an adult collectible, not a toy, a toy which yeah. I like too. Mm-hmm. And we have the links to Amazon here. Would you like to take a guess at what Ollie's was selling these for?
1: Nine ninety nine. 99
0: uh, higher.
1: Nineteen ninety nine. Lower. Okay, fourteen ninety nine. Lower. Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine is the <laughs> correct pli- price. So if
0: you would have been real close, if we were doing prices right. I right, was that, uh, yeah. One. So twelve ninety nine, which That's is a lot bad. cheaper than the forty dollars price. So if you have an Ollie's anywhere near you, then you may want to check it out to see if you can find these cool Ghost and Goblin sets. Now they only had the pack B, Tim. They did not have the pack A with the armor and everything. And you can find them cheaper than MSRP on uh, Amazon and things. I think you can find them for about twenty seven. So if you like, if you bought the pack B and you still want the pack pack A or something like that, you could get it. Yeah, you know, not quite as expensive, but you know, yeah, it's still for a pretty decent deal. I think they're cool. If you're Ghost and Goblins fans, Tim, mm-hmm. um, that game is as hard as nails. So I mean, mm-hmm, for me, mm-hmm. I didn't play a whole lot of Ghost and Goblins, but I know there are people who really love that game, and it's a cool Halloween themed game, right? For sure. And so, if you're having a Halloween party, put these guys out. I think I think uh, the kids would really like it too. So, oh, and Tim, a programming note. Uh, guess what? We're not going to do the November live show on the first Thursday night of the month. Okay. I know. I, I keep missing out. Now we may <laughs> we may do the Friday thing like we did this time. Right. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to work out the details with my wife, Tim. I have a concert that night. I'm going. Okay. To, so that is why we are not going to do it on the first Thursday night. I hope that we can do the December one on the first Thursday night. Okay. Um, we'll just see how that works out. But we'll either try to do it Friday or the pre or the next Thursday after. And I don't know, Tim, I guess it'll also depend on your schedule and, and where in the world is Tim Right. Uh, whenever <laughs> we do it. But we'll figure something out. And when we do, you can, we'll post it on our Facebook and Twitter slash X pages for the updates. So make sure that you guys stay there if you want to know. Um, but yes, next episode, TBD, Tim.
2: All right. So
0: just something to keep in mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but there you go, Tim. So uh, I think, so... Tim, I forgot to send off the prize from last month. Okay. Okay, I was supposed to send off the Space Invaders. Coming. Right, the Space Invaders. In fact, it's still sitting here. The Space Invaders Live Projector. I still have it. We will pick a winner, and I will ship it to you. I'm sorry we did not send it off. But let's go ahead and give away something here at the end of the show. And, okay. And um, we're going to do 24 hours again. So a 24 hour, a 24-hour um, uh, entry into this. So if you're watching this and you want to win this prize, you have 24 hours to enter. In order to enter the contest for tonight, you will send an email to contest at com, And the keyword I'm going to pick is going to be K4600 okay which was the chassis that we talked about earlier in the night okay so k4600 so k4600 K4600 will be the keyword and what you'll need to do is you'll need to put that keyword and your shipping address in that email and send it there so contest at arcaderepairtips.com with the keyword k4600 and your shipping address to win this nice coleman flashlight now tim will tell you you can never have have too many you have this one and you can never have too Mm -hmm. many right no. Now, the nice thing about this one is it does have the battery guard, which means when it's off, it doesn't drain the battery. Right. Okay? So, this means these batteries can last a long time. These batteries, depending on how much you use it, may last until they expire. Like, until their expiration date. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of the way this flashlight works. And so, this nice Coleman is really good. Tim, you own this one. I think I gave it to you as I a as a, um, as a present. What do you think of this Coleman? What That's you very,
1: it's a really good flashlight, and you're right. One thing I like about it, I keep it at home because the batteries do last forever.
0: There you go. So if you would like to win this Coleman, you're going to send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com with your name, your shipping address, and the keyword K4600, K4600. Make sure that's either in the subject or in the body or something. And if you do that, you'll be entered to win this nice Coleman flashlight that does that does have the battery protect and comes with batteries, Tim. You don't even have to invest in some AAAs. We are giving you the AAAs with this tonight, and you can win this nice flashlight. So um, somebody said zoom and enhance. There so you go.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, there you go. Are we good? Yeah, power when you need it. That's what I like, Tim. So, um, and Tim is very picky about his flashlights, right? Tim?
1: I am. I like. I I have one in my pocket right now. I keep a flashlight on me all the time. Absolutely. And uh, th- this is a good one. one Last of my favorites. time.
0: To win this, send an email to contest at com with your name, shipping address, and the keyword K4600, K4600. Uh, and you will be entered to win this nice Coleman flashlight for tonight. And considering there's not many people here, Tim, live, um, you may um, you may have a really, be good, be really good, good chance yeah. to win it. So if you're the only one who enters, guess what? You're taking this home. Easy enough. So, um, <laughs> So there you go, guys. And again, I do want to remind everybody, we do not sell your information. Your information stays private. I have not ever shared that information with anybody. It's only stayed in my email. Okay? So... I will never share that information with anybody, but we do want your shipping address so I can just ship this thing off to the winner. I don't have to, like, email you back to ask your shipping address. So, again, contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Name, address, and Mm. keyword K4600. Boom. So. Okay, Tim. Oh, uh, let's see. We got some uh, things here. Jumping General says, Hey, guys, late to the party. And what do we always say, Tim?
1: You're right on time.
0: You're right on time. That is correct. Um, YouTube Punk says, Best flashlight in the... um, let's see, is the Bower Slim Fold from Harbor Freight. Um, and I think, you know, uh, Tim, we used to have the little Meebo Slims that we liked. Mm-hmm. The Meebo Slims are fantastic. The problem with the Meebo Slims is that you have to charge them. Right. Okay. And They with work something... great. Right. With something like this, you don't have to charge it. Now, the Meebo Slim um, batteries last forever. Golly. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a USB charge. It's got a battery in there. But um, if sometimes you want a, just a general flashlight. You can just pop batteries in and get going. You don't want to have to charge. And so that's what's good about, like, the Coleman. And the Coleman with the battery drain lasts forever. Good stuff. So... Uh so there we go. So Tim, I think we have everything. Um is there anything else that we need to say before we roll into our discussions? Any uh, no. anything you want to talk about with the previous questions or anything like that? No,
1: looking forward to the after show. Uh I did bring some packs to open back oh, on track. Show us what packs you brought? And well I I got I got a surprise and when I Show us solve. one. Just show us I one. I'll show you. Let's see. So, for those of you guys
0: who don't know, the after show happens immediately after the live show. Usually about a five or ten minute break. So, if you're here watching live, you just wait it Since it's pretty
1: much baseball playoffs, which we'll talk about. I uh, got a 1988 Fleer baseball pack. Nice. I've got a, I think this is an 89 Donruss baseball. And then I brought one football pack, because we're still football yeah, season. Yeah, football season. 91 mm-hmm. football upper deck. And one surprise for you, Jonathan. Oh, there you go.
0: So if you want to see us randomly open these packs to see what's in them, make sure you stay tuned for the after show to do that. But before we get to the after show, let's wrap this up real quick, Tim, and talk about how you can get in contact with us. Um, A couple of things, though. We do want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send us a link. Of your video, two questions at arcaderepairtips.com and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put in a plug for your channel so we know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions, Tim. I see you looking at my cutout over there. Yeah. Does everybody know about my cutout? Ah,
1: uh, you got to show them the cutout.
0: Okay, real quick. Mm-hmm. I know this this is kind of probably after show, but um, you remember in twenty twenty, Tim? <laughs> right. When, um, when like basically there were no fans in the no stands, fans in the stands, and um and so you could buy a cutout. Uh, Here, this we'll is,
1: just put you there. There you go. There you go, John. It's
0: just like me in fact you can do the whole live show like that right yeah now, but even now, I, i'm gone right
1: Right. <laughs> nice.
0: so it's like i'm still here i never thought i would see the day where i was an uh official mlb collect collectible <laughs> see the little, i have the little insignia on me and everything it actually says what seat i sat in too nice so i don't know if you can see that I have
1: how cool it. so there you go
0: so yeah so i actually got this um from doing it they said to put myself on a green background i thought they were gonna put me on something but they didn't they just put me. They and put green. me. I that guess that's playground. your chair. Yes, exactly. Well, I, don't know. I think they were gonna try to, but uh, yeah. So that's my. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I'm official. That's my official. I'm an official MLB collectible. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I, um, and just. Tim doesn't know this, but uh, I got tickets to the ALDS game on Tuesday. Oh, wow. How <laughs> so fun. I'm taking the kids. Heck so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this will be their first postseason game. They've never oh, been, obviously. Oh, how fun. So um, um, they were not cheap. We'll talk well. about that on the after show. Let's wrap this up real yeah. quick because I, I, we're getting into the after show. I feel like we're just rolling into it. But... Um, this is how you guys can contact us if you need to contact us. The best way is via email, questions at rcadrepairtips.com. Questions at arcadrepairtips.com. Put live show on the subject to get it mentioned on the show. Otherwise, we'll answer it when we get around to it. We may save it for the live show. So some of you guys may be getting uh, I know some of you guys are the last month may have emailed in. You we may have answered your question tonight because we saved it for the live show because we thought it would be good for the show. But we try to answer them as we get them. That's questions at arcade repair Questions at arcade repair if you want to send us any questions. We have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com, of course. Those of you in the live chat or who are watching this on YouTube know that. Um, If you are listening to the audio version of this, then you can go there to watch the video version of this episode and the after show. We don't put the after show on the audio podcast. So if you want to hear the after show and hear me talk more about baseball and my cutout and and opening baseball cards, then you can can, uh, join us for that on the video feed for this episode at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. We have our podcast feeds, Tim, which have changed a little bit, but now we've kind of um, we've kind of uh, settled on here. We have mm-hmm. our iTunes page at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com. We have our Spotify page at spotify.arcaderepairtips.com and our Audible page at audible.arcaderepairtips.com and you can leave reviews on any one of those pages, Tim, or all three which is what we'd really like, especially Mm -hmm. if you're going to give us five stars. Go ahead and do that, please. And if you want to tell us how we can improve the show instead of leaving a review, you can do that too. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com to do that. Um, And and if you have a podcast aggregator, just search Arcade Repair Tips. You'll find us, I promise. And then we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at Facebook.ArcadeRepairTips.com, Facebook.ArcadeRepairTips.com. We have our Twitter slash XFeed, Tim, at Twitter.ArcadeRepairTips.com. I'm kind of refusing the X trying to um if we get there that's fine but still twitter slash x is what i'm going to call it until then so com. well tim and i would say like thanks um mark for posting news and like we always have news there there weren't a whole lot of news this month guys i'm sorry yeah this was like the slowest month ever so there wasn't a whole lot of news and stuff there so um but anyway so uh, hopefully we'll have more going forward we just didn't have it this month so you know how it is sometimes it's feast sometimes it's famine but anyway Okay, well, I think we will wrap it up there. So in the after show, Tim mentioned we will be talking about baseball. That seems to be a topic that's on both of our minds right now. We'll also talk about our September and some of the Halloween plans we may have, Tim. We always Mm -hmm. know that. Um, We will also talk about our um, NFL season, how our teams are doing, NBA, NHL are starting are about to start up, Tim. we got some preseason games happening now. Um, Tim, let's talk about some of the movies that I saw. I did see the Barbie movie. I think last month people were asking for my review of it. I okay. can give that to you in the after show, so if you want to hear that. Uh, Tim, I saw Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, Blue Beetle, Gran Turismo. Wow. And one of these four movies may be one of my favorite movies that I've seen in a long time. Oh. I'm not going to tell you which. you got to stay for the after show. I've got to go. Yeah, you got to wait. One of those four movies, though, is one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Okay. So I won't tell you which one. got to stay. So, um, but And then Tim will tell you about some stuff he may be watching and seeing and things like that. And we'll open some baseball cards. What mm-hmm. more could you ask for? So uh, stay tuned to the after show if you, if you want some off-arcade topic talk. We'll do that there. Otherwise, if this is your off-ramp, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We want to thank the live chat for coming on a Friday night even though, Thank Tim, they already started their weekend early, I can tell. Yeah. So, Current um, Photograph said Friday works better for me. It looks like we have a kind of a lower audience. We may end up going back maybe to Thursday. Maybe some different people. Yeah, but... exactly. We'll just see. Me and Tim will talk about kind of what works for us. And maybe Friday next month and maybe the following Thursday. We'll just see. Depends. May depend on if he's out of town or not. Maybe. Tim, I like having you here. As much as we yeah. do the remote, I like having you here with me. I do think it works a little bit better. So, anyway, guys, well, we're going to... Take off. If this is your off ramp, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. If you're staying for the after show, wait about five or ten minutes, and we'll be right back with you. But uh, otherwise, we'll see you next month for our November show. And remember, here at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game,
1: yeah, play the game. Take care, everybody. See we'll see
0: you next month, or we'll see you here in about five or ten for the after. Take
1: you for watching this episode of the arcade repair tips live show all of our past episodes are available on our website at arcaderepairtips.com or on our youtube page this show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself the preceding program is of arcade entertainment production